0: on this week's episode we're going to be joined by my sister in broadcasting jill urchek grew up on the south side she went to columbia college she graduated unlike i uh, who uh i think jill i think i dropped out yeah but it's like well yeah right it's like but but 30 years later i could just put that i graduated no one's gonna check
1: No one. Else. So
0: I don't, you know at 55 i don't think i'm looking for any more jobs oh, am i God. gonna be 54 or 55 this year
1: isn't it sad that we have to ask
0: ourselves? So, yeah, I'd be 55 this year. Holy cow. Yes, I better. I got to figure out what I'm going to do when I grow up, Jill.
1: Mm.
0: <laughs> you are the voice of traffic. Uh, you've hosted television, radio. You're all over the place. And now we hear you on AM 560 WIND, a great station out of Chicago. And uh, you also have the Jill Urchek show, the podcast where uh, it's kind of like this one. You just talk with people. It's interesting stuff and anything can happen. Right. Well, welcome to the show, Jill. Well, thank you. I appreciate you asking me. You know, one of the things I admire about you, because you and I came up at the same time in the 90s, you know, getting involved in radio when it was still an open landscape. There was still kind of a feeling that something new and exciting could, could pop up. (laughs) And, you know, I got into it and there, there were two routes. I think that people could take, you could either go to a small station and start from the ground up, or you can go downtown in Chicago Mm -hmm. or a major city and intern. And I took the uh, former, I went to a little Cowfield station and did a few of those. Just to kinda uh get my career started. And now sure. did did you start you started in downtown, right?
1: Yeah. I actually did the interning one.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where did you intern at originally?
1: Oh my gosh. My very first internship was uh, it was when it was metro networks before right. it was shadow when the traffic, yeah, because then they had combined, oh my gosh, it was it was a wild time, but that and along with the Wabbit, do you remember the Wabbit? The
0: 9? Wabbit, yes, a w- great a- rock T- station, T- what a great yeah. rock station <laughs> yeah. that know, was.
1: The Dundee area, I tell people that, they're like, do you have a speech impediment? And I'm like, no. No, it Would was the, like Wabbit. One,
0: though? <laughs> the, yeah, the Wabbit. Wabbit. That was a great station, and That's I totally you know, good. I was part of the cat, so the Wabbit and the cat, two yeah. animal Named uh, radio stations are legendary in Illinois Mm -hmm. because they were like these free form wild rock and roll radio stations before everything was, you know, uh, tested and everything was tried. And, you know, they kind of let people do their own thing. And we had a wild time at the cat
1: it was yeah, oh I'm sure because I remember before it went Spanish because every station I go to usually goes Spanish <laughs> I had a free ride where I could play whatever I want and yes. I remember putting in my cards <laughs> and yes. I'm like oh I've, 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 arrived. I've arrived I have arrived. know <laughs> what I'm doing
0: well <laughs> I'm because there. when you and I were growing up listening to Chicago radio our dream was you know I'm going to get on and I'm going to play all the bands that I like and it, well obviously that's not the way it works but it did no, for a a little while, for a little while, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> that's you.
1: What people think, yeah.
0: But you've been, you know, the thing about you is you've stayed relevant and employable because you've learned to diversify early on. And I always tell kids who want to get into broadcasting, you got to learn to do everything because yeah, true. because if you're just a voice or if you can only do production, then you're you're going to be disposable if they make changes. But the more you can do, the more you're going to be able to do. And you've been able to do many different things, and I think that's. Uh, that's, you know, a, a compliment to your, uh, to your uh, ambition.
1: Well, I appreciate that because when you're somebody, I'll never forget. I went to Columbia college and they were telling me, and I didn't know. I mean, you're naive. You don't know. Well, maybe people did. I didn't that. I had to run the board. I'm like, what do you mean I have to run the board? I know I'm just going to go on there and I'm going to talk, right? I'm going to talk about Led Zeppelin. I'm going to talk about how I thought I was Madonna in high school, which now I'd rather kill myself. I'm going to (laughs) talk. No, Jill, you have to press the buttons. I'm like, really? I was freaking out. There's labor involved? (laughs) Yeah, no, but I was just like, technical? Really? I wasn't even thinking that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're, you're a board op somewhere. It's like, well, okay, yeah, here I am,
0: you know, and it's funny because when I first got into radio, I was at an oldie station in the middle of a cornfield that went, it changed format and they, they offered me a sales position. I was like, well, that's not really what I got into radio for. And right. I start. I went and ran the board because you want to stay. You want to keep call letters on your resume. Yes, you do. Yes, and you so do. I was like, I went to a major networks, which was downtown uh, off Orleans, beautiful, you know, River North area. And I got to run the board for Susan Loggins, her law show. You know, she would do a And, and Alan Combs, before he became, uh, he oh, did wow. the, before he was part of uh, Sean Hannity's show, we would run that show. And wow. and then you do the sports minute where you walk in and there's a timer in front of you and a light goes off and you read a minute worth of sports and it goes all over the nation. And, and then I did light hits. I ran the board for this light hit station and it's you you start to get a technical prowess which even you though do. you're not doing what you want to do it helps you later
1: well oh my god you have to because yeah. when you realize that i used to think they had producers and they had on-ear people some places maybe you have the money to do that it's far you know and few in between and then you have remember there used to there used to actually be music directors yes i mean now it's just like oh by the way here's your on-air gig yeah. You're writing and producing. You're running the board, and by the way, you're a program director. Yeah, right, I'm right. I'm gonna pay you thirty grand, so enjoy your life. And you're like, <laughs> Have what fun. What the hell just happened?
0: Right, right. <laughs> Yeah, but, but you know, and, I, and that's why I got all these things and I, I made it all the way up to management. And then I did, I did a year and a half of that. And I said to myself, okay, I don't want to be a general manager. This is,
1: Oh, well you tried it though. That's good.
0: I tried it. I made a lot of enemies and, uh, I crashed and burned, but it, you know, sometimes you have to crash and burn to get these rude awakenings where you say, I don't want to do this anymore. I belong behind the mic. And that's, that's where I'm staying now until,
1: yeah. Oh, I hear that.
0: Until I retire to somewhere where there's no winter. So, no. Uh, Oh, not a fan, huh? No, not not at all. So let's talk about, um, I want to talk about your resume a bit and just get some uh, insight into this. So you come out of Columbia College, you do the Mm -hmm. internship thing. And when did you first get to crack a mic open and say, hey, this is Jill Urchek?
1: That would have been on actually the Wabbit that's i started out doing traffic there then i wound up doing weekends okay so that was the first time i i cracked open the mic i was so excited and the way it was set up back in those days you were in you were kind of like in partitions it was an open room you didn't have booths or anything right. so you're literally sitting right next to people so i'm sitting next to somebody on wbbm she's as serious as can be and i'm like ah! yeah right. you don't know, be goofy i'm on a rock station Uh, It was a good time now, but that is the first time I got to do it. And I was hooked. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I just wanted to stay and do more and just be a part of it. It Yeah. So exciting. It was so exciting.
0: And listening to your, even when you do traffic reports, there's a lot of personality in there. And there's a lot, because that is a hectic job.
1: It's, you know, and thank you, by the way, um, you have to really people laugh at it and I get made fun of all the time. Oh, you just, why don't you, you know, people have actually said to me, you will appreciate this. Like, why don't you go like on the loop or something and when when it was a loop and just, you know, see if you can get on in the afternoons. Oh, okay. I'll just tell Eddie Webb, who used to be on with him. You know what? I'm going to take over now. And <laughs> you, I know you do traffic.
0: Yeah. Uh, right.
1: But, um, it is really, there's a rhythm to it and growing up on the Southwest side by midway, Yes. I, that's all I knew. Yes. So I was nervous at first. I was looking at maps and I'm not, you know, I was like, I don't know what, what's up or down. And I learned it and here you are. Or yeah. here I am rather. So thank you.
0: Yeah. No, I, I love listening to you and uh, and you've done some talk radio.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I do like to talk.
0: Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> this could be, this could be our demo tape. Maybe
1: this could be, you know what, Mike, <laughs> you know, you've arrived, you know, you've arrived when and I love music I went into Radio 4 music much like you did when all of a sudden I'm like putting on <laughs> talk to find out what's going on in the world yeah. and enjoying it I was like oh how yeah I mean, I know what my birth certificate says, and it shows turn down the radio when I'm perfect. <laughs> right. I'm okay with that.
0: And you grew up in the Midway Airport area just like I did. Yes. And, uh, and I, I grew up uh, right on Archer in Austin, and that area. Um, <gasps> there's a certain. Now, you tell me if this is true, Jill, because we come <laughs> from the South Side. I don't care if I'm in West Virginia, New York City, uh, Kentucky, anywhere. Uh And you meet a stranger, you're, you know, you're waiting in line for a bagel. Hey, nice night, nice day, whatever. And you, you kind of cock your head. Say, Are are you from South side of Chicago? (laughs) Is that, am I correct? Can you? Oh, totally. There's, there's like an, there's like an inner glow that people have from the South side of Chicago that I can. And my wife thinks it's like this. She's like, what do you have? Some sort of supernatural ability? I said, no, I've been in Texas at a gas station. And just talking about the best barbecue places. And the guy says, oh, well, you know, we're not from here. But when we visit my sister and I said, you from uh, Chicago? Yeah. Yeah. South side. Yeah. 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 So, and boom, it happens all the time.
1: Yeah, it does. And in fact, my teacher at Columbia, thought I was from Brooklyn. I thought that was weird. But <laughs> yeah, there's a certain kind. you know what it is, Mike, I think being a White Sox fan. I have to defend my South side roots and I'm sick of it. The only roots I have to defend are the ones on the top of my head. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Because seriously, it's like, Oh, Oh, you know, they give you a pity look like, Oh, Hey, don't pity me. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, I grew up in a nice little Polish neighborhood. Everybody knew everybody. You know, Catholic girl from the Southwest side, very different from other parts of the city and I'm not knocking them just different.
0: No. And I think we wear it with pride. Mm -hmm. And, and And all the parents, Parents knew everybody, and they knew what you were up to. And if you got too far out of line, they were going to get you. And and we we were a community. And, and I I remember that. And I'm going to yep. talk about your father too, um, okay. who was a staple on the, on the in, <laughs> in my school. What a guy! Um, I went to Saint Rita High School, which I believe you went to Maria. I did. Our sister school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And that was the big deal. You know, we would get on the bus early so we can catch all the uh, yes! all the Catholic girls on 63rd <laughs> in California. That was me. Because if you missed that, if you missed the first bus, you guys got out a little earlier. So, oh, we missed all the Maria girls. But. Um, oh, that's so funny. But your father, he was a teacher and a coach at St. Mm-hmm. Rita, where I went. Yep. And, and I'm just going to say this and. He, to me, and this is, you know, I grew up, I I graduated in 85. So this is many years later when I think of. The men in my life who exemplified what it means to be a real man. Your father's one of them. What are your check? Oh, he. That's sweet. I never had him as a teacher, which aggravated the hell out of me because every time I would get my, you know, your schedule for the new year, I'm like, ah, I didn't get her check, man. And <laughs> he, but but just talking to him in the halls and just, you know, I was in detention a lot, so when he was there, he would always have these little sage comments. He's very terse. You know, he's not a yes, chatty guy. Yes. But when he says stuff, he means it. And I, there were just things like you know, he would just tell us, you know, operate at a higher level, be the best you could be. And so, what was he like growing up?
1: You know, Mike, I got to be honest. I love hearing these stories because I know him as my father, and I hear them from kids that had him. Yeah. With stuff like you're telling me, a guy I taught radio for a while, and one of the one of the students said to me, "Your father uh, told me like." to speak correctly if I ever want to get anywhere in life. Okay. So stuff like that. So what was he as a father? I'll tell you, he was strict. There's two sides to my dad. You said terse. That's perfect. If I got hurt as a kid, walk it off. Count to 10. Come on, Joe. Walk it off. Okay. You know, and I'm like, (laughs) one, two, three. You know, so he was like that with us. Not that he wasn't loving. He was, he's clearly a loving guy, but he is, Funny And like you said, straight to the point when he has something to say. But I got to tell you, very strict. And, you know, maybe I would have if I wasn't uh, grounded the way I was. And it was it was pretty it was pretty strict in the house. But he would he would come up when we were little. My father worked so many jobs, Mike. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Just support us. All these kids in Catholic schools, you know, the amount of jobs. There were six of us. So he'd come up at night and tickle us. And I remember that happening um you know before bedtime thinking this is just always working always working Mm -hmm. out always um if
0: oh working out come on the guy he had a body like bruce lee man he's like bruce lee
1: he is yeah he's 82 years old my father goes to lifetime god bless him He yes he jocks still he works out he lifts weights um, I went to a few socks games with him. You know, those ramps when you're going up and down. Now I have a bum knee because I was hit by a car when I was 21. I had four operations on mm. there. So it's a little tricky, but I'm not 82 he would just be cruising down these ramps and I'm chasing after him. I'm like, this is embarrassing. Yeah. He is really, uh, he said, Oh man, I wouldn't mess with my dad. And as a daughter, I have the utmost respect for him. He's funny though. He's a funny guy. We like to see. He was
0: always fun. And and you always knew that he was coming from a good place. He he taught us, you know, at pep rallies and at, at proms and stuff, he would be a gentleman, behave yourself. And more so than all that, believe in yourself. He wouldn't let anybody cut themselves short or sell themselves short and he was always he pushed people and he never played favorites I mean we had a lot of nerds we had a lot of jocks we had a lot of favorites we had a lot of guys who were uh, shunned and he was he was cool to everybody you know so yeah send him my best he won't remember me but I mean because he taught 15 thousand kids but he's
1: still working out he's still crazy and we still laugh at the three stooges so I love him to death
0: yeah his (laughs) muscles have muscles he's one of those cats the broadcasting bug bit you you've been in Chicago so your whole career has been in Chicago other than suburban stuff.
1: Well, no, I did move to Bloomington, Illinois for one year. Oh, and that okay. Was horrific. Really? Horrific.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what, uh, when you're in radio long enough, you're going to get a horrific now. I and, and this is, this is not me being hyperbolic at all. I have a year of my career that I completely will not mention. It's not on my resume. I don't, I don't even, I I can't even think about it right now because it's so bad that so, so we've all had those horrific things. So you're in Bloomington, you get the job in Bloomington. What was it? Was that uh, what was that for?
1: It was a morning show. I was actually co-hosting with my ex-husband on the, yes, that I met on the Wabbit, uh, an ex-radio guy uh, who had passed away. God rest his soul. And, I was the co-host he was the host it was just my first time moving out and i i gotta be honest with you mike you can't take me, you you can take me out of chicago but you really can't take it out of me right. and i'm not knocking bloomington normal but when you come from the southwest side It was so small to me. Yeah. And I just didn't really fit in there. And I could talk to anybody. I was very lonely. I cried all the time. I drove home every weekend. And then by the grace of God, I got fired almost a year later (laughs) to when I was hired. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. I drove home and never looked back.
0: Yeah. So Chicago's your home. It was bad.
1: Yeah, Yeah. it was bad.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, and and so... You're podcasting now, and I think podcasting for broadcasters, because there's 17 zillion podcasts out there, and some of them are just amazing conversations, and other ones are just, you know, God-awful, but I think what it does for the seasoned broadcaster, and maybe you'll back me up on this, is because I host a radio show now on a legendary Kankakee River Valley station, and I have a ball every day. It's it's an oldies format, but it's traditional morning radio style, you know, quarter Mm -hmm. hours, for those who are not in radio, you you plan your quarter hour. Every 15 minutes has to be planned out, and you know where you're going, and there's not a lot of room to breathe, other than hit the, hit it, hit it running and you know, and get those people on their way to work a smile on their face and play a song they like and keep them informed with the news and sports and stuff. Sure. So so that's the but going back to talk radio, I missed it, and so I said, Well, I want to do long form. And so now with this. My podcast, I just have long form conversations with people who I find interesting. And I think that's really the essence of great podcasting is just listening to people have a good conversation.
1: You know, you're the second person, a friend of mine who told me that she listened to a couple and she's kind of harsh. And so I was kind of surprised she gave me a compliment. She's a lovely lady, but I was expecting something cause she'll tell you like, you know, oh, you have a zit over there. Yeah. <laughs> that right. That kind of
0: person. Hey, you got uh, a booger she, hanging. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You got to stop hanging out. Oh gee, I didn't feel that when I was breathing, but <laughs> she is really a nice person. So she listened. She's like, Oh wow. I've been doing this for 26 years. But I took it as a compliment coming from her. And she said, what I hear is talk. I feel like I've listened to somebody's conversation. Yes. And I said, oh, gosh, what did it sound boring? She said, no, that's what a podcast should be. Exactly what you just said. It should be two people talking.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Which normally I would have thought was boring. But if you're being real about it, then.
0: Yeah. Why not? Well, and you have a diverse uh, array of topics that you cover, and I think that's interesting. I had done an outdoor show for many years on the radio, uh, in addition to my regular gigs, uh, you know, fishing and hiking and hunting and camping yeah. and stuff. When I got the offer to do the podcast again, we were kind of putting it together, and I said, "Well, I just make it about anything because so so it'll all my whole life will trickle in there." And it's been fun. I've had musicians on. I'm having you on because you have a nice diverse array of uh, topics that you're interested in. And one of them is the paranormal. Now, when did, the, did, did something happen to you that sparked this interest or?
1: No, well, I've always been interested in like mystery. And like, if I see a forest preserve, you know what, Mike, I want to go in it and see what's in there. Yeah. I know there's something else in there besides deer and ticks. Okay. Right.
0: Right. Well, we I grew up t- with Resur- Resurrection Mary, you know,
1: Resurrection Mary. Oh man. I used to drive around looking for her. <laughs> My friend and I, what losers. Remember how people would drive around Archer and That was cool. And you try to find dates. Oh, God. I got arrested
0: in Summit for doing that. My friends you and did. I, there was probably some old style tall boys involved. And my friend's sister, Carla, had an old wedding dress in the attic from some aunt that died or something. And they put a wig on me and this oh. white makeup. And I was walking right across from Resurrection Cemetery on Halloween <laughs> night. And I was hitchhiking. And everybody's smiling and laughing and beeping. And then the police say, get in the car, Mary. Oh,
1: no. Now,
0: my father's like your father, Southside. All he had to say, you know, like today, kids get sat down and they're explained, you know, the, the what they did wrong. And there's an elaborate, you know, uh, conversation. My dad, and I'm sure your dad was same. don't do that. That's all you had to hear one time. And then you knew never do that again. Never do it again. Well, here I am, an 18-year-old kid. Out with my friends. And uh, I was actually, I was younger than that. I think I was, yeah, I must have been a junior in high school. What is that, 16, 17? And I get in the police car and they're like, okay, Mary, night's over. where do you live? And I, I told them where I lived. And they Maybe. bring me to my dad's house. <laughs> and I'm taking the wig off. And the, and the cop says, oh, no. You know, Southside cops. Leave the wig on. Leave it on. And so we get, now you, you got to picture this we knock on the door it's midnight and my old man comes down in his boxer briefs and a robe and there's two police and they go, sir, your, your, your son broke curfew and we wanted to bring him home. And my dad said, keep him. And he
1: closed the door. Oh my God. So
0: the cops just laughed and they left. And so I'm, I'm pounding on my door in a wedding dress and a white Uh-oh. wig trying. And my, my dad's going, he opens the door. He goes, oh, he goes, what is where did I go wrong with you? What's wrong with go, what 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 is wrong with your brain? So I had to explain I, to him the whole <laughs> Bloody Mary thing or Resurrection Mary thing and uh, I'm telling him well, no Resurrection Mary. He's like, uh, "What?" And it was like speaking Chinese to him. He's like, what the, what are you talking about?
1: Oh, that is hilarious yeah. that he didn't even know. So No, he didn't know. It, it, he was <laughs> like,
0: but he was like, you're dead. He worked five jobs and he was, you know, if he wasn't yeah. driving a truck, he was bartending and then he was, and it was like, he's like, what, what do you talk, who, who's Mary? What are you talking about? When did she strange. resurrect? Oh, yeah, well, resurrection. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that was the, uh, <laughs> but those that the was time, so. so, but we grew up with those, those myths and that folklore. And so we that, did. that initiated it, your interest.
1: Yeah. And I've always liked Halloween and I love fall. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fall's like very mysterious to me. I feel very pensive and very mm-hmm. um, spiritual in fall. I know it's okay. You understand what I'm saying. Most people feel that in summer or whatever, when fall starts, it's my happy time. And I don't know. It's not like I like things dying off trees. I just, I like the feel of it. It's just very pretty to me. Yeah. So it's always been within me. I've always liked Halloween. I've always liked... I have had things happen to me, but they haven't been necessarily scary. Let's put it this way. There's no doubt there's life after death and there's no doubt that this is nothing that we just begin when we die because I have seen and heard things right. that have happened to me. I'm in no way psychic. And this made me think, you know what, if there's good, there's evil. Cause I believe in the, you know, the yin and the yang of life. And Absolutely. if there's a God, there's a devil. And I want, I have questions. I want to know people have had experiences. People don't talk about these things. Yeah. I want to talk about them. Now I will say this because I have been invited to go out on ghost hunts. It's not, I am afraid, I don't want to invite anything in, okay?
0: You know what? Just start messing with it. Yeah, I
1: don't mess with it, Mike. I don't. I talk to people that have had experiences, and I have turned these things down. Oh, I have done the Ouija board in the cemetery a lot when I was a teenager because I was stupid. I laid in a grave in Bachelor's Grove because I was stupid, and I was. Yes,
0: I think we all did this stuff. Yes, yes. Yeah,
1: but I was thirty. I mean, oh, you were
0: thirty when you laid in the grave. Okay, well.
1: Yeah. Well, I was drinking that's a whole so anyway
0: <laughs> that was we, after my you and divorce. i could do a whole show on things we did I, drinking i which.
1: was i was sewing my oats after my divorce yeah. but no i mean that was disrespectful and rude i don't think i realized the enormity of how disrespectful that was to be honest with you right because you're just not thinking about it yeah. so then finally a couple of years ago i just said you know what i really want to dive into this side. But then some people were a little weird and I was a little freaked out by even some of the people I had interviewed and I would be like, okay, yes, so yes. I kept it at a, I kept it at a safe distance where I will not go. And well, entertain. yeah, there's
0: a difference between interest and research and yes practicing some sort of black art or something not
1: doing that
0: yeah because that that is a very bizarre world uh, that people get wrapped up in and um yeah i want to tell you a couple and i probably should save this for your show but um
1: that's okay tell me
0: i was dating a girl that lived in orland park right behind the mall okay uh the late 80s. And I drove her home one day and driving home because between Orland, which is a little bit south, maybe 10 Mm -hmm. miles south of where we grew up, to, uh, where i lived which was at this time a small a small apartment by uh, Kennedy High School but okay. for those who lived in the area and driving home there was a the snowfall and so i drove through the forest preserves you know that's what you did you know the the, the great cook county forest preserves and i took yes. the back roads and i somehow ended up in some strange subdivision and i you know i wasn't in any hurry to get home so i was just cruising around and there's deer and i'm looking at all these cool things and raccoons And and I couldn't make this story up. At one point I saw what I thought was a sheet of metal in the street Mm -hmm. and it looked crinkled. So I thought I would get out and move it because I didn't want to slide on it, you know, because it was snowing. I got out and the girl was still in the car, you know, and I walked towards it. And it rose and it had lights on it and then it took off and
1: how big was it
0: it was probably you know the size of like our drones are today but there were no drones back then no you know it was probably three feet by two feet and it took off and i was like i said what was that and and, you and and it stuck, stayed with me for many years that, I, you know, even now I'm still remembering it like it was yesterday. But it was just one of those things that you say, you, you kind of say, well, it wasn't so supernatural that you're, you know, you're shell shocked, you know, but it is it was something bizarre. It was some sort of radio controlled thing that spooked me. But it didn't well, look, yeah. it wasn't a toy and it wasn't, it was some sort of device that was uh, being manipulated. So that now was how the...
1: Far, huh? I'm sorry, Mike, how far did it take off? Did Go up oh it just soared. It
0: it, it it went up like a like a saucer would. It went straight up like it hovered and then it shot off into the distance. And that spooked the hell out of me. Well
1: that would spook the hell out of me.
0: Yeah. And then you know, but I was I was always extremely skeptical. Um and I'm skeptical with It's questioned normally because I think it's I think it's healthy if I'm Mm -hmm. gonna if I'm gonna claim a faith, a religious faith, then I'm gonna I'm gonna keep questioning it because I need to it deserves to be challenged if I'm gonna adopt it. And and the same thing with this one has witnesses. I bought a very I went through a divorce and I lost my house in Plainfield in the divorce, and it was it was devastating. And I took what little money I had and I put it on this small little cabin, this tiny Tiny, just a wreck of a home that was a hundred years old. And I said, Oh my you know, God, I you love go. it. And I said, I'm going to fix it up. You know, so yeah. <laughs> but you know, 20 years of owning it and renting it out to people and trying to get it off my back. I couldn't fix it up. Every time I fixed one thing, something else would go wrong. So I ended up leaving that house, but I couldn't get rid of it. So I had to keep, you know, it was tough. It was a burden. Yeah. When I first moved in there, I talked to the archivist of the town and he told me, he said, you know, that house has been there since uh, the early 1920s and a man and his daughter died there. And I thought that was peculiar, you know, and he, mm-hmm. he told me and he showed me some of the uh, newspaper clippings and such that they had on microfilm. And uh, he said, yeah, the, the flu uh, of their wood stove closed and they died of carbon monoxide and so that's that's tragic a man and his young daughter well my daughter gets born and my wife and I noticed that at night she's laughing mm. and we would wake you know a baby doesn't you know giggle and we would look. Right. we would go in a room and she'd be looking at something mm-hmm. and then I met do you remember on the loop a long time ago a guy that was like one of those psychic dudes joe who yeah oh that
1: was a long time ago a Long I time ago. That. yeah
0: i met him and he said did you just move to a new house and and that's see that that stuff creeps me out you know
1: yeah
0: and i'm like yeah he's like mm, be careful i said okay i didn't think anything of it so when Steve Tui and I, who was my partner for a long time on the cat, we had these psychics come in. And because you know this, Jill, the phones will explode. Yes. You know, uh, hey, my my aunt Lenny passed away. And can you tell me? She, oh, she's wonderful. She says hello. And I hear you're pregnant. And the people would freak out. You know, you didn't know how these guys would do it. You're thinking this is a parlor trick. Right. Right. Well, this cat who I never met before. He came in from some psychic group that was coming through, you know, a press release. They send you, you want to have a on. They're going to be appearing at this place. He tells me, you just recently have a baby. I said, yeah. He said, well, there's an evil spirit near her. That's trying to, I go, what the, so now I'm freaking out.
1: Oh, yuck.
0: And the, the things that happened, I mean, were uncanny. Uh, two psychic dudes mm-hmm. but the one guy says um, can I just tell you something he goes she's trying to tell your daughter there's a present for her in the attic I said oh you know whatever Ew. and she's wondering where her dog's at now are you ready for this Jill I'm ready I don't mean to make this about me but I know you're interested no i in No, make it stuff. about you
1: I want to hear this so
0: here's the deal I'm putting up a now so I go up into the attic to fix a window and I'm, I find out an ancient, like, like, not ancient, an antique baby crib. Oh, and I'm like, chills. and there's a bunch of little like toys, like old, old toys. <gasps> and I'm like, that's the present. And I'm like, okay, okay. I'm not, not going to play this game. Now, flash forward a couple of weeks later, my daughter's still pointing and giggling in her room. She's just an infant. Mm-hmm. And we don't know what she's pointing at, what she's giggling at. My buddy and I are putting a tool shed in the backyard and we're digging and we, we hit this small little cement grave. And there were dog oh. bones. There were dog bones in it. So oh, now ew. I'm freaking out. And I tell my wife, maybe this place is a little creepy, a little haunted. And then things start getting crazier and crazier. Now, Steve, who was my partner on the air with me, he'll attest. He'll, he'll you know, again, people hear these stories and they're like, oh, you're full of crap. And, and right. You know, oh,
1: right. They do. Yeah.
0: no but I have witnesses. Steve was there and he was he was uh, waiting to get an apartment. So he lived with me And. One night, he says, Mike, what are you listening to? He goes, turn the radio off. And I said, I was going to say the same thing to you. Now, this is down the hall. Mm -hmm. We go up in the attic. Is there a radio on? We would hear these staticky voices all the time. People who would come over to visit would say, what is that staticky voice that I hear? And and it was crazy.
1: Staticky. Yeah.
0: So Steve's girlfriend buys my daughter this little toy that says, um. Now, things are getting worse and worse, right? I have friends over for dinner and bo- books are flying off the shelf and they leave. They get up and leave.
1: Oh, yeah. Like poltergeist
0: activity. Yeah. Now, things are okay. getting more and more active. Okay. And then my wife and I, we Steve's girlfriend at the time buys this toy that you press a button and it says peekaboo i see you.
1: Oh, shut up cuz i don't
0: want <laughs> listen, you want to talk? I'm getting chills just remembering this. <laughs> the toys could be creepy. So, it's a little clown doll and you have oh, to, you, God, you have to push the button for it to say peekaboo i see you. So, i hear it going off over and over. Now, you know, my wife is working nights at the time. I get up at, you know, an ungodly hour to go do radio and I hear peekaboo I see you peekaboo I see you and I'm thinking the baby must be laying on the the right. toy I put the light on and the thing is sitting on a bookshelf so at first I'm like well there might-. I take it and I take the batteries out I look and whatever put it back in there all right turn it off I go back to bed peekaboo I see you so now I'm getting mad I threw it out into the garbage my wife calls me and I said, you know, the weirdest thing happened with that damn doll. I had to throw it out because it was malfunctioning. I kept saying. And as I'm talking to my wife, I hear it and it's in the other room on a seat.
1: It was back in the house.
0: It was back and in I, the house. I just, and so oh I freaked out. And now I'm thinking, I now how do I balance this out? I have to play both sides of reality. I don't believe in this stuff, but I can't have my family deal with this at the house. So we had a guy come over. <laughs> this
1: is so bizarre. No, this is so everything I research and, want. and he Go made, ahead.
0: he made her, my wife write this stuff out and burn these, she left witchcraft, but it was right. It was very spiritual and it was, you know, there's something waiting for you. Your family's waiting. I right. left the house because I was like, this is strange. I, I can't delve into this bizarro world. My wife did it. She went away and, uh, so, wow, yeah, I'm long, go- but I thought you'd enjoy that story.
1: Well, see, I watch all the shows, all the paranormal shows. It's very common. First of all, a hundred years old, a lot of history. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, hauntings are from the properties that you're on. There's a lot of Native American hauntings that people have built upon not knowing. And the bones, okay? Kids, I don't understand why, because I do believe. I, they say if you die sometimes you're confused and, and you don't want to go to the light or this or that. I pray to God he takes me I don't want to be wandering around here
0: no I don't um, want to be wandering around and I a want lot of to, people I got I yeah, want I answers
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I'm just like don't let me be confused take me if you die suddenly sometimes you know that you wander around but a lot of objects there used to be a show called antique uh, haunted, haunted collector that was it haunted collector and um People go, I love antique stores. I love thrift shopping. I love jewelry. So I buy all sorts of things that look like they're from the 1800s. Like jewelry wise, I just think it's kind of sexy, but that's different. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. So (laughs) it is cool. So there's a lot of energy. This sounds hooky attached to this stuff apparently because people bring objects home or that child was attached to whatever and the dog if you so much as poke it and when you do renovations in a house it kicks up the activity they don't like things being touched so it seems like it was a perfect storm for you because you said you're always trying to fix it the little girl wanted a friend and babies can't lie like you said my son used to point to the wall when he was under a year always in the same spot my like, dd i'm like who the heck is dd wow. and he would be looking and pointing and one time i was going through old videos and i see an orb go by that i never noticed before and one time he was on the changing table and he's pointing behind me dd now i'm home alone of course my husband's at standing there I'm gonna- he is but if it's there know- i'll know <laughs> i don't know what a dd is <laughs> right. but i'll tell you you're right you know this happened so much more than we think. And I think people are afraid to talk about it.
0: Yeah, because you think people are going to think you're nuts. But there's we're been, there were other things. We had a cat that that was inside of an armoire and and and, uh, and it had a clasp. So it couldn't have got And I'm thinking, well, did one of the kids, you know, did a kid put the cat in there? It was, it was mewing at night. I open the thing up. The cat jumps out like she's scared witless. Uh, and later that night, my wife and I are sitting there and the cat's mewing again. I opened it. She was back in there. I'm like, how is she getting in there? She bouncing the door and you keep like trying to justify like normal stuff. Like, okay, how is she closing the door on herself?
1: Well, well, yeah, logical.
0: And I opened it up, let the cat out, closed it, locked it, and the lock flew off. And my wife and I, we just sat in the bed and I said, we got to get, we got to get out of this home
1: that's scary that that is scary i mean that's downright scary you
0: know the sad part is i sold the home to someone i hope they're not dealing with any of it but uh, but again i said but they exercised it or whatever they did so yeah. what happened with the dd orb do we the, do we-
1: I, I, you know what he like i said he was about under one and one more time in that apartment we were i was putting him to bed and he's like looking pointing behind me maybe he was about three he says where's it going Mm. I said, "What are you talking about?" He's pointing over my shoulder. Gets out of bed and runs into the other room. And of course, my husband's not home. And I'm like, "Why does this stuff happen to me?"
0: Yeah, well, you, <laughs> I don't. You, you,
1: I don't know, but I've had um, I had way too many experiences. One time, since I'm really into old school comedy, like Three Stooges, Charlie Chaplin, sure. Laurel and Hardy, I find that slapstick stuff quite funny.
0: Laurel and Hardy, well, the, really the sure. funniest people ever.
1: Well totally well i had a Charlie chaplin clock like those elvis clocks where the legs move yeah right you know what i'm talking about yeah exactly yeah i had a Charlie chaplin one this is when i was dating this jerk that i worked with it was my own fault because you know we worked together but i digress so it was a (laughs) it was a bad breakup and i just was trying to move on but i had to see his ugly face every day right right i was like i'm always praying always praying i'm like god Give me a sign. Give me a sign that I'm, you know, this he's going to be gone and this is going to be good and let Charlie's legs move. I should tell you, Charlie was broken when I bought him from Swapperama flea market. He never worked. His <laughs> legs never swung. Swapperama, right? Swapperama, okay. yeah. yeah. On Cicero, C-
0: on so, 63rd and Cicero, exactly. Yes.
1: So I, I hung it up anyway, because I, I like Charlie Chaplin, right? So it never worked. It had no batteries. Anyway, I'm praying to these legs, I'm like, like I'm, but I was praying to God. I'm like, let them swing, let them swing. Never happened. Never happened. About a couple months later, I'm sleeping on my couch because I had the window unit in there. Something woke me up in the middle of the night and I'm like, I don't have to go to the bed. I didn't know why I was up, you know? Yeah. I look on the and the legs are swinging. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> there's no battery. So hold on. And I, I, like you, I took a sheet of paper, held it up to see if the paper was moving from the air conditioner yes. to swing the legs. Why? Because I'm a logical human being. Well, the paper was barely moving because the unit was low. And I'm like, okay, oh, that wasn't it. So I'm trying to figure out what's doing it. I'm freaking out. So I stopped the legs. I'm like, Okay, God, thank you. you
0: know, yeah, right. <laughs> talking to these legs. Sorry, I prayed for that because I'm so, scared. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Now I'm now I'm scared. Those legs swung for like two weeks. I finally dismantled the clock and threw it out. And then I had a <laughs> wait, wait, Mike. I had a music box, a Charlotte Chaplin music box that I got from an antique store. Went to the show with my friend Kim, fellow Southsider. She was and it was about haunted dolls. I don't remember the name of it she's like wouldn't it be funny if you came home of course she didn't live alone i did at the time right wouldn't it be funny if you came home and um like there was a doll sitting on your couch i'm like not really and if it is i'm gonna come over and kill you so (laughs) i come in of course there's no doll on my couch and i'm in my bedroom and i'm reading a magazine i remember this About an hour had gone by and all of a sudden from the other room where the music box was i hear Plink, blink, plink plank. I'm like, what is that noise? The frick? Oh, I heard something before. Like, Ugh. I'm like, what is that noise? The frickin' music box wound up and was
0: playing. Come on. <laughs> so
1: I picked it up.
0: You're being I haunted by out. Charlie Chaplin, I think.
1: I, I, I kicked it out of my house i called danny it was doing overnight stand my husband for those that don't know i said you will find a dismantled charlie chaplin music box outside <laughs> i'm freaking out the damn thing went off yeah how um,
0: bizarre is that
1: spent the night at my mom's one time all of us did when we turned 40 it was like the girls the sisters we were giggling about things and i told my sister i said oh my eyes are bad i just saw two moms walk by she said so did i it's like my mom my mom and then her spirit was right behind her mm. and we both saw it walking it wasn't scary but I thought it was not have my contacts then and my mom has seen her own spirit in the reflection of herself at the mall at Orland Mall. What? she goes I was walking and I thought who the hell's walking so close beside me or behind me she goes I looked and it was like a cookie cutter version of myself Isn't that wild? That is strange. Yeah. So stuff like this made me want to uh, talk to people. Yeah.
0: Pursue Um, it. Yeah. Research it.
1: But because I think
0: here's another. Another notion that I have about when these things happen to us, I think if I look at the times when eerie, inexplicable things have happened, it's been when I've been vulnerable Yep. Not depressed necessarily, but in a really challenging place in my life. Mm-hmm. Yep. And there was a couple of times when friends, well, here, I'll give you my, she was a dear friend of my mother's. Uh, her husband remains to this day. One of my best friends, she had fallen ill. And when she was getting worse, You don't know if it's right to always visit, you know, when people are in their the last stretch of their life. So I would call occasionally. I wouldn't visit as much. And it was Christmas Eve. And I said to my wife, I said, I, I said, I had a dream last night. And what happened was the woman was sitting on the couch because we had two couches in this living room in this house in Kenki we lived in and they faced each other. Mm-hmm. And I slept on the couch that night and I woke up and it was kind of hazy. You know, it, it, like I, I felt I was in a dream state and she was sitting on the uh, couch and I said, uh, I said, you, you know, I need to come see you. I, I, I know you're you're sick. And and it, she's like, there, you don't have to come see me. She's like, I know you love me and I know, you know, you'll always be my friend. And then I went back to sleep and I woke up and I told my wife, I said, I really got to call Bob because uh, his wife visited me last night in a dream. And, and I, I think I need to go see her. And I had called and he said, Mike, let me call you back. Joe just passed. And that was a peculiar thing. Hmm. And I thought it was an anomaly. And a few years later, there was a gentleman that I... Knew through friends and we became friends, but I always thought he was a little, um, you know, you have people, you enjoy being with them cause they have unique characters, but you know that there's yep. an element of danger that I don't need to be around.
1: Well, right, right. But they're fun for a while. They're yes.
0: fun for a while. And I got to know him and we had a lot of good adventures together. We went rat whitewater rafting and we would hunt and fish together and we would camp together. But sure. there was, there was, I, I knew from getting to know him that his, his lifestyle was a little bit uh it it had a one wheel coming off the track at any time mm-hmm. and he had battled addiction and um at, at one point i i cut him loose as a friend i said hey listen oh he had called me from canada he had gotten in a, a an accident with a truck that someone else owned and could i wire him money and so i did so and then I kind of just said, well, he's a little too reckless for me. I, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to pass on, on this friendship. And I hadn't seen him in years. Okay. And I got to watch cause I am broadcasting this. I don't want to, you know, get people involved, yeah. but My wife and I, we had a tumultuous first couple of years because I was going through a divorce. She became pregnant. It was just a lot for me to wrap my head around. Mm -hmm. And so I I wasn't the best husband. I was still, you know, trying to figure out what I was trying to do with my life. And her and I had had an argument and uh, she still finds this story. She's like, I can't believe that happened to you twice. Um, I had gone to bed angry because we were fighting about some stupid thing that people Mm -hmm. fight about when you're married. Right. Dumb stuff. Yeah. And at one point I woke up and in my bedroom was this guy and he said, Hey, thanks for doing me that salad in Canada. And I said, Oh yeah. I said, "What, what are you, why are you in my bedroom? And he said, uh, well, I know, listen, I know you and Denise are fighting. I just wanted to stop by and uh, tell you that you guys have a great marriage. And you were a good friend. And I know I let you down. And he goes, but, uh, but, but keep your marriage on the right track and love one another. And I said, okay, dude. I said, I got to get another hour's worth of sleep. I, you know, this is crazy. And it was so real, Jill, that I woke up in the morning. And I said to my wife, I said, what did you let him in here for? in the middle of the night and she said I didn't she's like what are you you must have been dreaming I said I wasn't dreaming he was sitting on the dresser leaning up against the dresser talking to me about our. you must have told me we had a fight she's like just go to work so she was still mad at me I get to work and my producer at the time Josh says "Uh, you got a phone call from Donna and I knew immediately oh no and I called her and she said I just want you to know that this guy I'm not going to say his name he passed away Mm -hmm. last night And I was like, really? She's like, yeah, they just found them. And I was like, oh. And so those are the things. Oh. But they happened at very vulnerable, weak times of my life. Because I think, Jill, that we, when we're into the way our life should be and family life is going well and you're going to work and you're doing the things you enjoy for recreation, I think it provides a veneer over some sort of coat to keep the weird experiences out from the, like on the periphery. But when you're vulnerable and sad and questioning things, you're kind of more receptive. Does that make sense?
1: Totally. This is why people who have some sort of, I don't, I don't say demonic lightly, but addiction maybe, and they can't shake it and they feel that presence. Yeah. It's because it is Yeah. because, that t- sort of spirit likes to attach themselves to the vulnerable yes. and like, or the ch- or children, that's why children are always targeted, which is the sickest thing in the world because of how, you know, innocent the kids are. But, um, I had a friend that could have sworn she was like, I believed her because she said, she was going through a rough time too that she would see things and she's like there's something wrong with me I said there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with you there's nothing wrong with you you're just yeah you know that's why when you sleep like your subconscious everything shuts and I was, so I was freaking out so I'm positive I can speak from experience I was laying in bed once this so was when I was in college and I went to bed early that night it was still kind of light in the room I remember that and I don't know, all of a sudden, I felt something, the best way I could describe it is click or unclick out of my body through the center area by the breast yeah. area. And I remember thinking, and I was more alive in my brain than I am right now speaking to you holy you know what, I'm having an out-of-body experience. And I remember thinking, I'm going now, like I am drifting off. And I freaked out because I've never had this happen to me. I should say I interned for Alan Stag on WCKG, and he had the the sanctuary at midnight, and he was always talking about this stuff. So maybe that was in my brain, but I knew I was going up. I knew I was going out, and I remember stopping it mentally, and I said, "Uh, uh-uh, I don't know what's happening here," and I lay there, and I do remember trying to scream, and I was frozen, and that same thing that clicked out of me yeah clicked in and I was back in my body so these vulnerable things when you're sleeping you can't stop these things from yeah. happening because your brain is asleep and that that story you told me a fellow radio guy I won't say his name his brother died he would listen to me and think I was cute because I would be like I believe in this and I believe in that and right. I do when his brother passed away, he said he was at home. He didn't even know his brother had passed. He said, and through the doorway, he saw his brother stand there and wave and the phone rang and said, your brother passed away. Yeah. So much, much like the timeline that you just told me, you thought it was real. And why is this dude coming to my house in the middle of the night? Yes.
0: Yeah. Because it wasn't uncanny. I mean, could he have knocked on the door and asked my wife to, yeah, of course he could have. So it was as real as this conversation we're having now
1: was. And he looked, he looked, Real and solid, right? Yeah,
0: it was him. It was him. It yeah, was... it was
1: him, and it was him. So, yeah. You know, uh, one more thing, really quickly on this, because I, yeah, I am going to have you on my show because I have tons more stories. But I do watch a lot of those shows, and sometimes when I'm sleeping and I'm stressed, I'm always stressed. um We all are, <laughs> right? You just yeah. to find a way to. I've been trying to just take it down and. Um, I watch these things and sometimes I have a dream like there's, you know, I'm getting possessed in my dreams and I'm always screaming in my dream. I believe in Jesus. Get away from me. Okay. Right. Well, this one particular night I, I could still see this thing. And I was like, you know, first I said, you don't scare me in my dream. And then I'm like, what the hell did I say that for? Right. So then I start telling it, you know, get away from me. And again, I watch these shows. I believe in Jesus. You can't hurt me because of that. The only thing that got me up was a voice in my left ear that said, You are protected. And I woke up. Mm. And the creepy thing is, Mike, my mom, totally unrelated, she goes, I had the weirdest thing happen to me the other night. I was laying in bed and I heard a voice say, You are protected. Same thing.
0: And that's when you get, you, you're like, Mom, I have to hang up now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was I'll like, call you back. <laughs> what is going on? So, well,
0: you know, yeah, when you talk about good and evil and you talk about spirituality, now. I here's the thing I grew up obviously I grew up Catholic which Mm -hmm. I'm 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 removed from that um, church but I've always had a sense of God in my life and I've always Mm -hmm. had a a feeling of a guide or something bigger because this can't Mm -hmm. be it how boring would that be if this is it you're here for a few seconds and then you're then you're asleep nah there's got to be some answers and The thing about demonic, and again, we're not going to have enough time for all this, but the thing about uh, demonic possession is the state of the world right now, it's the only explanation I can have for some people's behavior. We all suffer from vice. We all suffer from vice. We all suffer from regret. We all have things in our past that we wish didn't happen. We all try to be the best we can be. We all try to learn from our mistakes because that to me is the essence of having a soul. The soul is fallible. It, 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 it has uh, ups and downs. It has moments of great soaring elation and has great moments of doubt. But I see some of the things that are happening around me in the world. And the only way I can explain it is there's, there's an absence of any sort of divine light inside certain people. And I don't mm-hmm. want to be judgmental, but, you know, I just see some strange things happening in politics and lifestyle. And so just uh, it frightens me. And so when you were talking about good and evil in your faith, obviously, you're Christian. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think it's ever made more sense than it does yep. in this day and age.
1: Well, yeah. The last two years, I will admit, yes, I'm Catholic, but I'm more Christian. You know, yeah, um, I well, whatever. That's, a, again, a separate thing. But yeah. I know what I believe in. OK, I don't I don't care if anybody believes in it or not. You can do whatever you want. But I know what I believe in. You saw what I put on Facebook, Mike, innocently. I said, you know, the world needs God. And it does. It's been kicked out of schools. It's been kicked out of everything. And look where we are. And most people were receptive to it. But you can disagree with me and say, you know, I don't think so. And, and, that, and that's fine. Cause but why is, is it that country.
0: important for people to come out and disagree I, with you?
1: Well, they not only come out and disagree with me, they, they are nasty. And my sister's like, how could you, I said, no, I look, I'm a big proponent of free speech. I never realized how much I was until it started going away. But getting back to your point, cause that's a whole separate thing. Yes. We are in good versus evil. This is not normal. Mm-hmm. These are not just, Oh, she's kind of nasty. Sometimes these are straight up uh, soulless, Sold their soul to the devil, people that are in our government, and I believe we are in the biggest battle of our life. I do too, and
0: And I've never felt you know, if we're gonna make it about politics, I've never felt so ashamed, leery, and frightened of my government as I do now. You know what? I find them to be the enemy of the people yeah. politicians. I'm talking about the administration yeah. and, and the agenda
1: at hand. Well, you know what people would say to me like, Oh, two years ago, <laughs> let's put it this way. Conspiracy theories to me are conspiracy theories. No more.
0: Yeah. Right. They're I the have, conspiracy I have theories seen. for two weeks and then they become the news.
1: I have searched all my news, except for WIND, all my news that I get, I don't watch local or anything like that. Um, I get, you know, they call them truthers now. You're you're familiar with the term. Yes. And, of course, you have to use discernment. You can't believe everything everybody says. But the, this day from the X-22, there are so many channels mm-hmm. that I swear by that I watch that I research and I research. And I'm like, you can't. In your face, what these people are doing.
0: Yeah. And a us, lot of it, no, no one's hiding it. And that's, they're not hiding it anymore.
1: Well, not anymore. And people, st- here's the thing, Mike, people still don't yeah. see it and that is the scary thing yeah people don't see what is right in front of your face and you could show them till the cows come home
0: yeah there's people that are on Substack, which i'm sure you know which is a blog mm-hmm. site yeah and a lot of them are expatriate uh you know, a former American uh, journalists who left mainstream media and, and some of them write for the Russian times and some of them write for, you know, different publications, but they'll show you the proof. They'll show you, you know, no, the world health organization said this, you can look it up on their website. People mm-hmm. will ignore stuff that's right in their face. And they I think that's the turning point. It. point. It's no longer hidden anymore. And it's, it, the frightening part is not that the government is infringing on our lives more than ever before, it's that half the country is welcoming it seemingly. Yeah, That's what's they, most frightening to me because they they're they're waving like like you're a Sox fan. It doesn't matter if the Sox win or lose, it's just you you want to root for your team. So it doesn't matter if your partisan allegiance is destroying your freedoms you just want your team to win and i think that is a, a brainwashed mindset that's you know gonna i mean it's this country's done right now we can rebuild it but it's going to take an awful lot
1: well in the end again i, I realize i'm sounding like a preacher on here i am far from
0: well no you have world. to have some hope but outside I, of I, this i
1: i, I my faith like I've always believed in God and you know, Jesus, my faith has increased exponentially in the last two years of God wins. God wins. God wins. God wins. Now people can talk about the letter Q and oh my God, that's a, (laughs) that's a hoax. You know what? A lot of that stuff has come true. You can call it whatever you want. You just take bits and pieces of what I, what I, you have to research
0: everything. Like you said, don't take everything at face value, but at least research the other side. You,
1: I am. I can't. I don't like ketchup, Mike. You can't make me like ketchup. It's revolting, and I don't like mustard. Okay. Now, people say I'm un-American. That's fine. <laughs> am I going to get into an all-out battle? And I have gotten into battles with people, and I will win. But with that being said, I have an. I have an opinion. Okay. You have an opinion. People that I loathe, and I try not to loathe anybody, have an opinion. If I don't like it, you know what I do? It's this crazy thing I scroll. Yeah. I I say, oh, God, what an idiot, and I scroll because they have a right to say it. So this battle that's going on, we're in the thick of it now, and I think it's going to be over soon, and I think there's going to be something so powerful, and I'm saying it right here on your show, that we are going to know. This can only have been done by God, and things are going to be better than ever. And because Trump is still president, and I'll say it, you don't have to. It's your show, he is. It was stolen. That's of the course,
0: line. it was stolen. And, and listen, and, and, we have a country that talks about taking guns away from lawful citizens mm-hmm. while our borders are open. And here's something: while we're all worrying about if Amber heard shit in Johnny Depp's yeah. bed, seventy. Kids were rescued in Texas yesterday. I saw that. Mm-hmm. That's that should be that should be the news we're looking at. Seventy kids being sold around the world for sex slaves. This is happening every day. That's demonic behavior. Yes. Yeah, you're not yes. making a mistake. You're not a bad guy. If you're human trafficking, you're a demon. You know, you're a bad guy. If you're a punk and you're s- robbing a liquor store, mm-hmm. you're a demon. If you're trafficking children. And mm-hmm. so there, there is no, there, there is no, we have, we have, a call for gun control and I've been a second amendment guy forever I've spoken at Daily Plaza I've I've been on you know Dennis Miller radio show but all I'm talking about is common sense if You think it's the guns that's the problem. Then let's talk about the guns in Inglewood and the south side of Chicago and the east side every weekend. I've never seen a politician from either party visit the homes of families in Inglewood whose children have been mowed down by a, a rival gangbanger, recidivist, violent offender who's been early paroled by a liberal judge ever
1: because because you know why, Mike, that would make you a racist. I mean, the whole thing is cyclical, okay? You can't say you're either... If if you're not with them, okay? Most of the satanic people, you're a racist, you're a homophobe, you're Islamophobe. It's true. Sean Hannity would re- repeat that all the time. And he's right. You know, so people don't say anything. I do. But people don't say anything because right. everybody's afraid. But don't you know? Can't you feel the tide turning?
0: I You know, I always... Uh... I always said to my the conservative youth who mm-hmm. can realize that they've been sold a bill of goods for 50 years where 80% of the African American population is for but the schools. unions yeah. mm-hmm. keep school choice from being an option so and is it racist for me to point out that fact or is it racist for the teachers union to squelch choice for a family to send their child who's productive and capable of good grades to a school that's more appropriate to their learning? What's but real, what's really racist, you know, and that's, yeah, that's, what, that's what, that's what, what I, I get into arguments with people all the time about this stuff.
1: But that is what, like, even, even with my son who's seven, uh, and he has a a good school district. If I could, I would love to send him to a private school, but I just can't. It's too expensive. Right. And I'm on him every day. What'd you learn? Now, mind you, he's only in first grade, and there's some things he's come home with that I have not been down with. I've called the principal. Why are you? Why are you telling him about this? Right? And he's only in first grade, and it's a good school. I'm on everything. The moms, or the and the dads. Let's not leave out the dads. Parents of the world too that don't want their kids raised by the government it has gotten so the fact that i have to question my first grader on some of these things and have uncomfortable conversations
0: mind-blowing
1: dare dare try to tell my child first of all i don't give a rat's patootie if you're gay i really don't care that's not my business you live your life but don't be rubbing a, a, a Well, but see, but but that's
0: the thing. Indoctrination doesn't really care about its own uh, cause. You could look at Black Lives Matter. They couldn't care less about any black life. No. They can build mansions on it. They can cause disruption and use that as a pawn to Mm -hmm. cause riots and destruction. It's the same thing. Listen. I'm a complete sexual libertine. I don't care if if something is an attractive thing to you, then that's what you do as long as it's lawful. And, and you know, and it's, everybody has quirks in the bedroom. So being gay or even being transgender or whatever, that has nothing to do with what they're grooming kids to be. No, it all has a, and it's all a, a surface to an to a an agenda that runs much deeper than sexuality or gender or or race it, it it's 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 a it's an entry point for indoctrination. Oh, of um,
1: course it is. And people think, isn't this great? No, 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 no. Open your eyes. Yeah. Don't talk to this my kid is...
0: about being a heterosexual person, let alone being homosexual or being yes. transgender. <laughs> when they're four, that's that's there's something pervert perverted about that. You know, and you get in these reports of uh teachers asking uh, kids in middle school or or high school uh, about anal sex. What, what adult wants to sit in a room and discuss oh. that with children? There's a, there's a, like you said, there's a, there's a, there's a soullessness that goes with something like that. It's,
1: it's, it's, it's um, people literally, the, the things I see and a lot of this stuff is on video, Mike. I'm not just saying, well, some guy said so and so. There is a lot of stuff on video that I see. When you look, you can find, okay? And I'm just, people are basically good. And when I finally came to the realization, here's what I came away with with this conversation with politics, that people are, like you said, demonic and don't have your best interests or the country's interest at heart. Because most people would say they wouldn't lie. Why would Fauci lie? Why would right. why why would they lie to us? Because once you realize not everybody's good and not everybody worships God, they actually worship Satan, literally. Then, you're, then everything makes sense.
0: Well, I have then people who say to the, me, yeah, they, they say the same thing. Why would? Why don't you get the jab? I said, I'll never get the jab. I'll be know, homeless. I'll be living in the woods, eating yep. mushrooms and, and drinking stream water before I get the jab. And, yeah, it, and I'll it, go out in a blaze of glory if they try to force it on me. But here's the thing. When people say that to me, and I, I just recently had this conversation last week, my friend said, why would the government... Hurt their own people, and I said, "Trail of Tears, wounded knee, Waco, Ruby Ridge." Shall I go on? You want me to keep going? Because this is our government. You're talking about uh, Tuskegee experiment. Let's talk about that. Why would did that? Did those things happen, or did they not happen? And then they, you know, they because, usually shut up.
1: Because it's it's mind blowing to think people could be this evil. But like I said, once you accept it and understand it. i don't right. understand it but right. once i accepted it and i thought this is really going on these people are sick it's demonic these, yeah. and i have no mercy for these people like I, I i would never want to see anybody in the death chamber but there's a lot of treason going on And let me tell you something i i don't i'm nobody okay in this lifetime over here of <laughs> our a little sand grain and these people are going down because you know what you you, people Well, why is there bad if you believe in God there's always bad in the Bible things were bad there's bad and there's good and nobody really escapes it but then there's evil and we're in it we're in it people don't see it and how about this why don't you get the jab? Because I don't want it. Why? Because I don't. Why don't you mind your own dang business? Yeah. I don't want it. What are you worried about if I get it or not? And nobody was this obsessed with the flu shot. So back off. It's just. Well,
0: but, it, but it's, it doesn't, it doesn't change anything. People still get it. Well, that's a hopeful please. That's been, that's, we, we beat that one to death. I mean, that's just, that's just the biggest yeah. farce of our yeah. lifetime. Yeah, but I totally. mean, we can look at open borders. We can look at, uh, you know, here's a, here's an administration that the first week they were in put an end to uh, self-sufficient drilling for America. Oh, now, where do we find ourselves? We're begging Saudi Arabia, the world's largest sponsor of terrorism, mm-hmm. to sell us oil. So
1: you don't I mean, it's a book.
0: It's a it's, it's a
1: bad. It's a Yeah, bad it's the novel.
0: it's the Book of Revelations, I think. You no, know. it, it
1: is. And
0: many classrooms are indoctrination chambers and again, it has nothing to do with being gay or accepting and gay, it has nothing to do with uh, race, relations, and equality. It has to do with a socialist agenda that's mm-hmm. hidden beneath all of those things.
1: And that's how, and that's how they cover it up. I've seen numerous YouTube videos of these teachers forcing these kids to walk around with rainbow flags. I swear to God, Mike, if they come near my child with this,
0: your kid shouldn't have to be thinking about that. How old is your baby? He's seven. Seven. Let these kids play tag on the, on the, what are we? It's an indoctrination thing. And what they're doing is, you know, whenever you see a cause, it's always going to go for knee jerk reaction first, you know, uh, they use the race card to pass socialism through BLM. Well, what does that do with equality? What is that? Do? What? What one family? Name one family, including George Floyd's family, who have come out and said no one helped us from BLM. N- none of them. So no, it, it, they're used as pawns. Uh, the fringe groups are used as pawns. Race is used as a pawn. Uh, poverty is used as a pawn. And it happens over and over, and it's cyclical. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm as frightened as you are for the future. My daughter's 19, bless her heart. And, you know, we have these conversations, and uh, I always tell her, I said, well, the first thing as you get up and watch the news each day is whatever is coming from the government— it's a lie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she said that's really cynical, dad. I said, "No, it's true. Just research it. It's all a lie, all of it. It's all a lie. We're giving 40 billion dollars to Ukraine. Do you think that money's going to stay in Ukraine? No, it's going back into coffers. And it, you have to be blind and not BioLabs, to see that."
1: Mike. Well, of course. US-funded biolabs they were supposed to release US-funded. Okay, you could say what you want about Putin. He's no saint. He took him out. Yeah, he said you're not getting my country. And um in this case, in this particular case, and that, when I tell this to people, do you? I'm not talking about the Ukrainian people that are stuck in the middle of this. Okay, they've got their neo Nazis are Yeah, are we're talking after, uh, yeah the, after uh, them. the, the Zelensky's not in charge. He's a puppet. Zelensky, no, he, he's a he's a dancer. So a puppet and a dancer yeah so you know our money when we have a supposed food shortage the only food shortage we have is government created we don't have a food shortage Um, yeah we we, I I would love to have you know what I think I'm gonna have a you a guest have a you a guest side, have a you a guest that's the that's the
0: Polish Southside coming out I'm going to have a you a guest
1: I'm going to have a you a guest on my show the Jill Urchak show because um, I have two I will have you on as a guest and we will we will continue this conversation
0: we will continue this um, conversation I will tell I you like what where can people find will. the Jill Urchak show
1: oh anywhere you find podcasts all, hey get me this, uh, yeah. get
0: me Dennis Prager's autograph next time he's around Dennis W-I-M. Prager
1: yeah he's pretty good he's my guy I would love to Dennis yeah. is your guy. Yeah. Oh,
0: I love him. He's he's mm-hmm. the real McCoy, man. I love that it's, guy. It's a good,
1: yeah. It's uh, my kind of people, you know.
0: Afternoon traffic reports on AM five sixty WIND. Your podcast, the Jill Ercheck show, is found where?
1: pretty much anywhere podcasts are you so
0: know you are yeah yeah will send my best to your father and and let's do this more often let's have uh, i'd like to have you on as a recurrent guest what we'll do is from now on now that we've introduced you as part of my uh my group of interesting guests i'll have you on with a specific topic like every couple of months would that be cool
1: oh my gosh that would be awesome yeah i'll return no, the I'd favor with it. you I would love it. And I will have you on as mine. And we, you could do the paranormal, which is on a, oh, on a quest. May I promote it?
0: Yeah, please.
1: Okay. I haven't done it in a while. Cause life's been crazy, but it's on a quest paranormal and same thing where they are the podcasts and then the Jill or check show. And I'm getting back into it because things are finally calming down a bit and I will have you on and we will continue these fascinating discussions. Mike, thanks for having me on
0: Jill. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much.
1: No problem.